0: because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn.
1: And in the same region there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them.
0: Well, let me wish you all a very Merry Christmas this evening. It is Christmas time at last, or at least it's December. December. And so the holly is up, and the Christmas hampers are in the shops, and there are Christmas trees everywhere. We've got loads just in this building. This Tuesday, just gone, was tree day for me and my flatmates. Uh, The day that we went to go and get our Christmas tree, we don't have a car, and so we have to go and find a a nearby place that's selling Christmas trees and walk it home. And we found a place last year that was just about a mile away, which is a bit of a, a distance to carry a big heavy tree, but we managed it, we made our way through the pedestrian traffic. And just as we came round the corner from where we live, just at the end of our roads, can you guess what we found? A shop that was selling Christmas trees. <laughs> this year, we did better research. And yet still, it involved lugging this tree all the way down the roads and putting all the Christmas decorations on it and decking out the flats to be as Christmassy as possible. And all of that just for a month. The 6th of January will roll around eventually, the 12th day of Christmas, and then all of it will be gone, and we'll be back into January. Some things are even shorter-lived, aren't they? I don't know if you've seen the Be the Tree installation just in the square out here. If anyone's spotted in the Aviva Square, just the other side of this big building, there's a fake tree right at the other end of the square, and a projector that projects Well, they invite you to put your head in a little hole and it'll project your face onto the tree. You can be, well, they say be the tree. I think it's really be a tree monster. Like when it's projected on there, Uh, I decided that I would brave the cues on Thursday. Except, of course, there were no cues. I mean, mean, who wants to go and have their face projected onto a tree? So it's just some guy with a camera standing in the rain and waiting for people to come and join him. I've got to say, it's the weirdest modeling gig that I've ever had. But if you were there on Thursday, maybe you were there on Thursday, and you've been having nightmares ever since, because for 30 seconds, there was my face on a tree, and then it was gone. So much of Christmas, so many of our celebrations are just for a short moment, and then they're gone. But I want to take a moment to persuade you this evening that Christmas is so good. Well, actually, it should be an all-year thing. We're worried, aren't we, that if we celebrate it all year round, it can't bear the weight of that much celebration, that it'll lose some of its magic. That's why we think that those who have their Christmas tree lights up all year round are a bit weird. And no judgment on you if you're one of those people, although I am basically saying you are a bit weird. (laughs) And yet I want to suggest that Christmas is so good, it really can bear the weight of being remembered all year round. You've heard that phrase 45 years ago. The Dogs Trust came up with it. A dog is for life, not just for Christmas. Well, let me suggest Christmas is for life, not just for Christmas. It's easy for that good news to get lost on us. And yet it was there in our reading. Would you open up page 8 again and see what the angel said? The bottom of page 8. Sentence number 10, verse 10, in the middle of that last paragraph, the angel said to the shepherds, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. And if you're coming to this carol service tonight and you're not persuaded that it is good news of a great joy, let me take a moment to point out three things from our reading, three things that I think will help us to see how good news this is. Firstly, Christmas is about reality. Christmas is about reality. So often we speak about the Christmas events in the same breath as Santa Claus or, or the Grinch or Olaf, as though they are all just good stories. But when we talk about Jesus' birth, we're talking about events in history, of real life, of things that happen on the same planet that you and I walk on about 2,000 years ago and about 2,000 miles in that direction. Just look at the The next to the big two, two verse one on page eight, Luke wrote this, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and on he goes. You see, when he's describing these events, he places them in history. He tells us the dates. People raise questions about the dates, all of which can be answered. You could come and ask me about that later if you wanted to. But it's clear what Luke is writing here, isn't it? He's writing history. In fact, he opens his account. If you were to turn right to the beginning later, you'll find that he opens his account by describing the eyewitnesses that he interviewed, as William mentioned just a few minutes ago, when he was putting this account, when Luke was putting this account together. And you might not be a history nut. You might not think that sounds particularly exciting. But the point is, we're talking about real life. Not just a good story, good news. Good news. If you're a guest here, you you might not realize, did you know the person who invited you thinks these events really happened, that they are true? You might want to ask them a bit later why that's the case. Guests of mine who are here, come and ask me why I think this is true. You might want to ask that because it doesn't seem like it, does it? When we're talking about ancient promises and uh, virgin birth and angels singing, the only angels I've seen this week have been models on the tops of trees. They're not the stuff of normal life. I know that, and I know you know that, but let me tell you, Luke knows that. That's why he's writing it. It was worth writing down because it was such an unusual event, which is to say that Luke is writing history, but he's not just recording something that's historical. He's recording something that's historic. Do you know the difference between those two? If I say that I've got I've I've had driving problems that were historical. I'm saying I've had driving problems in the past. If I say I've had driving problems that are historic, I'm saying my driving is so bad it will be remembered for generations to come. Well, that's what Luke is talking about here. Not my driving trouble. But he knows it's not normal for angels to interrupt proceedings. But that something happened in history that was so historic so momentous that it prompted heaven to come to earth so what was it that was so historic well that's the second thing christmas is all about jesus christmas is about reality and christmas is about jesus now it's obvious isn't it so obvious and not a surprise that i would say that uh, but that's the problem with be the tree isn't it because it wants to put my face in the center of the frame not that i'm suggesting we should put jesus on the tree in the Aviva Square. I think turning the baby Jesus into a tree monster wouldn't really capture the the spirit of Christmas either. But Jesus is at the heart of the angel's message. Look again at verse 10 in the bottom paragraph there. The angel said to them, "'Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news "'of a great joy that will be for all the people. "'For unto you is born this day in the city of David "'a Saviour who is Christ the Lord.'" Christmas is historic news because it announces that at a particular moment in history, Jesus Christ stepped into the world. And the rest of the book goes on to make clear why that is so great. But it's easy to miss that even in those sentences, we get a flavor of why it is so good. And maybe you're cleverer than me and you've seen it instantly, but it took me decades to realize how significant that sentence was in verse 11 those titles that Jesus has given at the end. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Christ, Jesus Christ. We so often think it's his surname, but it's actually a title. It is to say that he is God's king, uh, the ruler. And to call him the Lord, it, it's more than a term of respect. It is to call him the God to whom we owe our allegiance, the Lord, the judge of all the world. Unto you is born this day the king, the ruler, the judge of all the world. And that is good news in our world, isn't it? That the judge might enter this world of war and violence and greed. When you get to the end of a year like 2023, aren't we all crying out for justice? And if you read on in this account, you can get a glimpse of that justice breaking into history. But if you think about it, That's not good news for everyone. What about those who have caused the injustice? What about those who have rejected this judge? What about ourselves? I can put on a good show for you. I can put on a good show for myself. But before God, the God who knows me better than I know myself, the God who knows the ways that I have rejected him, lived in his good world with all his good gifts without even acknowledging him. If I'm honest with myself, I know that what I deserve from him is judgment. And you might think that's a bit of an awkward thing for me to mention. In the middle of a happy Christmas carol service, it's like that moment in the Barbie film, if you've seen it, when Margot Robbie's character is enjoying the party with everyone else, and she asks the people around her, have you ever thought about dying? And it goes silent, and it's awkward. Why would you interrupt the fun? But we are talking about reality here. Not a myth that someone's made up. Not the show we like to put on for other people. But reality. And the reality of 2023 is a broken world, isn't it? A broken world that one day God will visit and put right. One day he will give to all of us what we deserve. But if we're honest with ourselves, given the way that we have treated God, how do we think that's going to turn out? And yet Christmas tells of the moment that he came ahead of time, not as a judge, but as a saviour. Look again at verse 11. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. The wonder of Christmas, the, the good news of a great joy is that when Christ the Lord stepped into the world 2,000 years ago and about 2,000 miles in that direction, he didn't step into a courtroom, but a stable. He didn't declare condemnation, but salvation. He didn't come as a judge, but as a savior. God stepped into the world as a baby, small, vulnerable, the infinite one in finite flesh, because it was only as a human, that he could live the life that we should live and die the death that we deserve to die. It was only if he stepped into the world as a baby that he could offer us the forgiveness that we need, the salvation that we need, and eternal life with him. I've got a friend who says that she wouldn't want God to exist because the God she thinks of is a God who is only about judgment. But God stepped into the world to bear the punishment we deserve on our behalf. Here is a God who we have rejected so much and yet who loved us so much that he went through so much to offer us so much. In fact, that's even greater sense in which Christmas, it's not just offering Christmas, it's offering life. Christmas is for life, not just for Christmas. Those of us who are Christmas know how precious that news is. In fact, if you're not a Christian, you might want to ask the person who invited you why they think this is such good news. But of course, some of us will still be thinking, that doesn't seem like good news. Doesn't seem that relevant to me. I don't need saving. Which is why we need to see one more thing. Christmas is about reality. Christmas is about Jesus. And Christmas is about you. And not that I'm saying we should put our face on the tree again. I'm not going back to that. You're not in the center of the frame. You're not on the front of this Christmas card, so to speak. But if I can put it this way, the card is addressed to you. Jesus' offer is for you. Look again at verse 10. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. And not just the shepherds back in Bethlehem, not just the people back then, all the people. The judge of all the world came into the world to save the world. We might not think that we need saving, but the God who knows us better than we know ourselves stepped into the world because he knows that we do. Let me be honest with you. I'm not very good at giving gifts. I'm not very good at choosing gifts. I can't quite believe I'm going to admit this to you, but there was a time in my life, I was young, but I wasn't young enough to excuse this, when I actually gave to someone who I liked, as in who was a friend, and I didn't hate them, and it wasn't a prank, but I actually gave to them as a gift, a stapler. (laughs) A stapler. Needless to say, we're not friends anymore. And it's not just, you know, you can have sympathy for my friends and family, but it's not just that I'm bad at giving gifts. I'm bad at suggesting gifts that they can get for me. I'll often produce a wish list and send it around, and it's roundly ignored. Uh, Instead, they'll think of something else uh, to try and uh, give me something as a gift. And you know, those who know me really well will often come up with the best gifts. If there's any credit for my fashion sense, then it is simply because of the generosity of others. So often, some of you are laughing because you think it's still not working, aren't you? <laughs> well, that's not on me. There you go. <laughs> They're things that I wouldn't think to ask for, but which turn out to be amongst the best gifts. So what if there was a God who, who knows us better than we know ourselves, and so knows exactly what we need? Not what we would necessarily ask for ourselves, but which turns out to be the greatest of gifts. What if there was a God who is the judge of all the worlds and knows what that would mean for us and so came ahead of time to offer life to all who turn to him? What if there were a God who knows that what we really need is not the holly or the hampos, but himself? And if I were just making this up, you would be fine just to ignore me. Thank you for giving me attention for these last 15 minutes. But if I were making it up, you could just walk out this door and ignore it completely. But if Christmas is history, well, then you can actually look into it. You can investigate it. You can see for yourself. And if Christmas is historic, then it is worth your time. And if Christmas offers life, if Jesus offers life, and he does, well, then it's worth making sure that you don't miss out. And so this Christmas, can I ask you to remember that Christmas is for life, not just for Christmas. When the 6th of January rolls around, and it will, and we're getting rid of Christmas trees, and be the tree will be nowhere, nowhere to be found anymore, would you remember this offer of life? If you are a Christian, don't let the Christmas decorations hide the wonderful message of Christmas. So easy, isn't it, to get consumed with all the busyness and the stress of things that we forget the offer that stands at its heart. Don't let the baubles hide the baby. Christmas is about reality. It is about Jesus and it is for you. Our last hymn is an invitation to recognize what good news it is that Christ the Lord has come. And if you're not a Christian, maybe you're still holding this offer at arm's length I don't need saving. Give me something for my, wish, my Christmas wish list. Consider for a moment the possibility that there might be a God who knows you better than you know yourself and who offers you the, this gift of himself. Do you know anyone who you've rejected this much but who loves you so much that he went through so much to offer you so much? Please, would you take this home and read it? Uh, There's a bookmark somewhere around that gives you some ideas of how you might look into this uh, a bit more. You can pick up a bookmark from the red table in the corner if you've not got one on your seats. I give you an idea of how you can look into it more and find out this wonderful, wonderful news. It might not be the gift that you've asked for, but it turns out to be the greatest of gifts. Good news of a great joy, that will be for all the people a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And it is my hope that all of us might experience that great joy this Christmas. Allow me to wish you a very merry Christmas and a happy new year.